Hello and welcome back to Have You Seen It? I'm Maggie, and in this episode, I have a drama from Israel to tell you about. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back, guys. This episode's probably going to be on the shorter side, but it's about the show Masad 101 from Israel. The title of the show in Hebrew is Hamidrasha, and you can see it written in Hebrew on the Instagram post I put up. I'll make sure that I put it there for you. And it has a couple different meanings, academy, college, school, and seminary. I think academy makes more sense because of what happens in the first season, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But the show first premiered in 2015, and it has two seasons. I haven't heard anything about a third season, but I also haven't seen anything where it said it hasn't happened, so fingers crossed that it is. But it is a Sumiyoko and Rishet production, and it was created by Izar Arlev, Yuri Levron, and Daniel Sirkin. The first season was on Channel 2, and the second season was on Rishet 13. Like I said, there are two seasons, 13 episodes in Season 1 and 12 in Season 2, and the episodes are about 40 minutes each. The first season takes place in several different places in Israel. They don't give any exact locations, and when they show the main building, it says it's at an unknown location in the middle of the country, so I guess somewhere in the middle of Israel. So since I can't give any fun facts about a specific city, I've got some for the country of Israel. The first fun fact is that Israel has more trees today than it did 50 years ago, and it is the only country where this has happened, so every other country has less trees. Israel is the only one that has more, which I think is pretty cool. The other fun fact being that two Israeli professors at Tel Aviv University created an anti-date rape straw back in 2012, and it is able to detect the two most common date rape drugs that are out there, and it's used to help potential victims know if someone slipped something in their drink, so if you were to take a sip, it would change colors almost automatically, and then you'd be able to stop drinking and get help if you need it. The show is primarily in Hebrew, though they do speak several other languages throughout, including English, Spanish, Russian, and I believe Bulgarian. There are no audio alternatives for the show, and the subtitles are only available in English and closed caption Hebrew. This show is rated TV 14, and that is because there is some swearing throughout the show, and there's a sex scene as well. But that's it for the disclaimer, there's a little bit of swearing in one single sex scene. So it's nothing different than you'd find on TV here in the U.S., also, the links to all the websites where I got the information for this show, the fun facts, and any other information that I did not use my memory for are going to be linked in the description of this episode as well as in the caption for the post that I made for the show on Instagram. Okay, so as far as the cast goes, I'm going to break them up into agents and trainees. The first one I'll mention is Yona Harari. He is played by Yehuda Levi and is called Kinder at times by some of the other agents already in Mossad, so not by any of the trainees. He is the one in charge of the training course that the trainees are taking part in, and he is being forced to do this training course because of something that happened during a past assignment. They do get into it, and it does play a part in the storyline, so I'm not going to go into it any further. He is also called Jonah by an American CIA agent who he's friends with, just the English version of Yona. However, I'm going to stick to Yona throughout this episode because that is what he's called throughout the show. Next, we have Simon, who's played by Yehoram Gaon, and Simon is a retired Mossad agent who Yona brings in to help with the course. He's more of a guide to help the trainees. He assists Yona in most of the lessons. Then we have Abigail Lerman, who is played by Liron Weissman. Online, it says her name is Abigail with a B, but it sounds like there are times that Yona especially says Abigail with a V, and he definitely calls her Avi and not Abby or Avi. So maybe it's the accent, but I'm pretty certain the subtitle said Abigail with a V as well. 
and I really struggled finding a place online that would tell me how to pronounce most of the names in Hebrew, so I'm going to probably be saying a lot of these names the way that they are said in English, and I'm not sure how different they are between the two languages, but anyways, Abigail is a psychologist that is brought in to monitor the training course, and she is also Yona's ex-wife. And the last agent I will mention is actually the deputy Mossad director, Micah Schuster, who's played by Shia Vivi, and he and Yona have worked together for years, and he has a lot to do with Yona being forced to do this training course, so that's a little teaser. Now for the trainees. I'm going to tell you all the trainees that are in the first episode. I'm not going to tell you if they make it to the end of the course or not, and I'm only going to give you the basic background information about them, so I won't go into what happens after the first episode at all, or really anything that we find out about them after the first episode. Unless if it's they're married or have kids, I'll mention that. Some of them have specialities and others don't, so I'll mention what those are. And the order I'm going to do this in is alphabetically. So if you think this is like they, this person came in first, it's not. I'm just doing it alphabetically to get rid of any chances of that happening. So this should be fairly quick. There are 13 of them. The first one is Avishai Afsha Angler, so they call him Ashva. That's his nickname. He is played by Itai Taran and he is a body language expert. Next is Katarina Agnolo, who is played by Soraya Torrens. She is the youngest trainee. I believe she's 22 years old, and she was born in Brazil. Next, we have Edith Barashi. She is played by Liraj Chamami, and she is a single mom. Then we have Max Elbaz, who's played by Alex Chacon, who was born in France. Kobe Frachadel, who is played by Yaniv Bitten, is next. He is married with a son, and he was born in Iran. He is sometimes called the Persian by quite a few of them. After Kobe, we have Hanuk Gat, who is played by Dan Shapira. He is a former F-16 pilot, and he is married, and I believe he has a son as well. It might be a daughter. I know he definitely has a child. I can't remember if it's a son. I, th I thought it was a son, but now that I'm saying it, I'm doubting myself. But anyways... Next, we have Yora Hefner, who is played by Aki Avni. He is a wealthy businessman. Then we have Doris Levi, who is played by Hannah Laszlo. Her husband, Aaron, was an agent and worked with Yona, and he died during an assignment he was on with Yona, which is kind of why she's in the training course. I think it's kind of like a sympathy thing, like, sorry, your husband died. Do you want to join us, maybe? But after Doris is Haggai Neumann, who is played by Yuval Segev, and he is a mathematician. Next is Sveta Sharansky, who is played by Jenya Snoop. She is married and she was born in Russia. And then we have the brothers Yuri and Ziv Spector, who are played by real-life brothers Omer and Ram Banera. Yuri is 31 years old and he is the older brother. He was born in Israel but grew up in New Jersey and returned to Israel when he was 18 years old for his military duty. He and his little brother Ziv live together, and Ziv was born in the U.S., which is why he didn't have to fulfill any military duty. And lastly, we have Avital Wexler, who is played by Gal Toran, and he is an actor. So that's the cast for the first season. Only a couple of the characters go into the second season. We only see three trainees in the second season, and we don't know that much about their background, so I'll just give you their names. The first is Gilad Ilgawiya, who is played by Aladaka. The next one is Amy Landau, who is played by Jade Dechies Weeks. And the last one is Toby Miller, who is played by Daniel Littman. There are four other people in the second season that play a big part. I'm not going to tell you what roles they play or really who they are, but I want to mention them so if you do watch it, you'll know who they are. The first one is the new head of Mossad, Dan Sever, 
who is played by Samuel Vilosny. The other three are Liron Hariri, who is played by Zachi Halevi. Baruk Mushayev, who is played by Morris Cohen. He goes by Kotel, mostly. And the last one is Menachem Shapira, who is played by Emri Bitten, and he goes by Mitzi. But those are pretty much all the characters that you guys will need to know while watching this show, both the first season and the second season. I know I usually don't mention people in the second season, but they do play a big enough role that I wanted to make sure that you knew who they were. I also know that I didn't give you much information about them, but I think that's because the fun thing about this show is learning the characters as you watch the show, so I don't want to take that away from you guys. But the description of this show given by Netflix is, Cadets from every level of Israel society undergo intense training to join their country's elite, highly classified intelligence service, the Mossad. Which is a pretty good description for the first season, but I will let you know now that the second season is not the same concept as the first. So the description is exactly what the first season is, but the two seasons are almost two different shows. They're both really good seasons, but they are different, so just letting you know now. But the reason I tried this show wasn't really the description, but more to do with the fact that it involves Mossad. Mossad has always intrigued me since Ziva David arrived on the show NCIS. And I also had a professor in college that supposedly was a former agent in Mossad. He was a counter-terrorist expert. He was my terrorism professor, and I know he said he was, and he was Israeli, but I don't know if any of us 100% believed him or if we thought he was just joking around. But yeah, Mossad's always interested me. And I wasn't really sure what to expect with this show, but it was amazing. Like I said, the first season takes you through the training course that these potential agents undergo. The very first one is that they have to get to the HQ building by, I believe, 8 a.m. And the episode starts with the task already underway. We spend most of the episode learning who the trainees are, which I already went over a little bit, so I'm not going to go over that again. But the task started earlier in the night at a welcoming dinner that Yona was having for these trainees or I'm assuming that it was a welcoming party of some sort. I don't think they actually say what the party was for, and we don't see any part of the party, so there's no really way of knowing unless they said it and I completely missed it, which is also a possibility. We also don't know what happens to cause this massive manhunt or how the police know who to look for or anything like that. We basically know exactly what the trainees do, and they are all dressed up and trying to hide in like woods and not look suspicious when driving by police. And they're all broken up into different groups that try to work together to get to HQ. The first group is Kobe, Katarina, Afsha, Max, and Haggai. The first person we see is Kobe as he's running on the beach trying to get away from a helicopter that is shooting at him. And he's also being chased by like five cops and a couple of them have dogs as well. And then we see Katarina who is standing by the side of the road wave. Well, she doesn't really wave down the car, but she's standing there kind of seductively hoping to get someone's attention and she does because the guy inside the car slows down and he was super creepy and offered her a ride which is not why he was creepy he was creepy because he immediately started running his hand up her leg but max opens the door and ends up punching him in the face and tosses him out on the ground and says something to him as afsha and haggai get into the car but they end up driving away and as they're driving down the road to get away from the area to avoid the police presence, they see Kobe on the side of the street and somehow know he was one of them. I think it was based on the way he was dressed, but they end up letting him in the car and join their group. The second group we see that works together is Yoda, Edith, and Hanak. We see them running, and it looks like they're running next to a beach or something like that, but you know how sometimes there's that part 
where you have to walk through to get to the beach. It's all uneven and it's sandy, but has tall grass and it's kind of like gross. It's usually where people throw their trash. That's what it looks like they're running through. And as they duck down behind a mound or something because the helicopter's overhead and they're trying to hide, Edith mentions that she needs to get home so her babysitter can leave. And Yoda goes, all of the special forces in Israel are after you and you're worried about your babysitter? And she just goes, you don't know what she's like. And both of the guys kind of roll their eyes and then Yannick tells them to follow him and that they need to move. But Yoda tells him that he has a house on the beach about a mile away. And Haddock and Edith look at each other like, whoa, okay, why didn't you mention that earlier? And they start to make their way there. The third group is Yuri, Ziv, Doris, and Sveta, and when we first meet them, they aren't actually working together yet. We first see the two brothers running a little, and then they start bickering about the fact that Ziv is hurt, and Yuri tells him to suck it up, basically. And Ziv's being a little dramatic, saying that the bone in his leg is sticking out, and Yuri says that he'll go get him a band-aid and some ice from the gas station, and then makes fun of him again, or he's really just making fun of him the whole time, but at first you think he's being nice, and then you're like, oh no, he's still making fun of him. But as he makes his way to the gas station, he asks Ziv for some cash and Ziv tells him that he doesn't have any and to just use his credit card, which is when we meet Doris, who says that it's not a good idea to use a credit card when running from the police. And the two brothers whip their head in that direction because they had no idea that she was there. And I'm not going to lie, it was a little creepy. But they ask her if she's part of the whole thing and she says she is. And then she says that Sveta is as well, who we didn't see until that moment as she kind of runs up to them. So I don't know if she was doing some sort of surveillance for them, but but then Ziv complains again, saying he's losing a lot of blood. He really is super dramatic. I think he just skinned his knee or his shin or something like that, but he's acting like he got shot. But he says that they should just get a cab, and Doris says that isn't a good idea because they're keeping track of all of the cabs in the area, and then Ziv asks what she thinks they should do, and then calls her auntie, which she gives him this look after, like, don't even go there. And I'm not going to tell you what they decide to do or if they get away cleanly, but I will say that their journey to HQ is probably the most dramatic one because of what happens to one of them. And I'm not talking about the paper cut on Ziv's leg. He needs to suck it up. I'm with Yuri on that one. But the final trainee, Avital, is working by himself, and this dude is weird. That's all I'm going to say about him because I honestly don't think I could explain what happens with him and give it the weird justice it deserves because it's just weird. But throughout the task, we see Yona and Simon sitting in a room watching them all on cameras and tracking them with GPS devices that they put on their clothes. And I think it's also monitoring their heart rate. We also meet Abigail and I believe Micah as they walk in at some point to check in on the task. And we see Yona and Abigail have a couple conversations throughout the episode one-on-one. And I know that at one point, Abigail voices her disapproval about the fact that Yona did not let local police know about the task. And I also don't think he told them that he was gonna do this task at this time I think this was a bit of a surprise for them as well so she wasn't happy about that either but all these trainees are trying to avoid the police who they think know that they're doing a training exercise while the police are looking for them thinking that they had something to do with what happened at that fancy dinner that Yona was throwing for them and I don't think the police ever find out that it had to do with Yona or maybe they do at the very end but it's crazy There's also a reference to the other trainees that have already been captured, so I don't know how many of them there are to start. In the second season, there's a reference to there being 22 trainees at the beginning, so I'm going to assume it's around the same amount in the first season. I think I said this happens in the first episode. It actually takes place over the first two episodes, so it's a part one, part two type thing. 
And all three groups in Avital all go about going through this task a different way to try and make it to the HQ building by 8 a.m. And you really don't know if all of them are going to make it or not in time, and I'm not going to tell you if they do. But they have different obstacles that pop up for them, like a couple of them need to make their way past a police roadblock. All of them need to figure out how they're going to actually get there on time, like by car or by foot. One of them gets injured. One of them has to deal with the daddy O's. And I already mentioned that Edith needed to relieve her babysitter. They're being chased by the police and have to hide from the police. Some hide in a field. Some break into a building and hide there. And another one is hiding in plain sight. Well, it's not really hiding, but you'll see what I mean when you watch the show. But the rest of the season is them going through other tasks, which include placing cameras in random people's hotel rooms, kidnapping someone that looks like the Israeli prime minister, and making sure that they are able to stick to their cover stories. There's a new task almost every episode. Like I said, the first two episodes are the first task, but the rest of the 13 episodes all have something different. Some of them are ones that make sense. I think a lot of you will guess what some of the other ones are that I didn't mention, but there are some that I wasn't expecting. And there are a couple that trainees do not like and really struggle with having to do. There are also the personal things that the trainees have to deal with. Most of this show is the training course, but part of that trickles out into their real lives. And I don't want to ruin any of those, but just know that it's not just the training exercises. So there's a little bit more to it than that. I would say in total, it's probably about 80-20. And when it comes to Yona, Abigail, Micah, and Simon... We see some of the things that they are dealing with in their personal lives as well. We definitely see more of this than we do the personal things with the trainees, but that's because they carry out throughout most of the season, while the trainees' personal lives might be an episode or two. I wish I could go more in depth about exactly what happens in the first season, but I don't want to ruin anything. And the last thing I'll say about the first season is that some of the decisions that are made within the training course have real-life consequences for some of the trainees. Well, not real life as in like the actor's real life, but like their real life outside of the training course. As I mentioned earlier, the second season is different from the first one. The second season starts towards the end of the training course, which is why there are only three trainees that I mentioned. And it does go beyond the training course. So don't think it's like just like the last couple days. It does go beyond the training course. I'm not going to mention anything else about it because there is a carryover of what happens at the end of the first season that I consider a spoiler. So if you want to know what happens at the end of the training course and beyond, you'll have to watch the show. But that's all I'm going to say about the plot. Now, for some of the things that I liked and didn't like about this show, my favorite thing about this show was the fact that they speak a ton of different languages. I was even able to understand something that Sveta says in Russian from another show that I watched for this podcast. And I can't even begin to describe how happy it made me because I looked away for a second to look at my phone and she said her line. And I remember in my head being like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, cool. And then like was like, holy shit. Wait a minute. I understood what she just said. Like I comprehended the words that she said in Russian. And this was the first show where I really had that moment of being able to understand a new language. I'm not putting these episodes out in the order that I'm watching these shows, so... I think in two weeks from now, next week is a Danish show, and I think the Ukrainian shows the week after that. It might be the South African one. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but when I get to the Ukrainian show, I'll mention what she said. And it's not really a huge line. It's not like she like started speaking Shakespeare in Russian and I understood what she said. It's like kind of a throwaway line, but I understood what she said, and that's the first for me. I never in my life thought I would understand Russian, but I did. 
But I also like how they take you through the training course. I haven't seen a show that does that here in the U.S. And I really liked seeing some of the things that they have to do that would be used in an undercover situation. You also don't know who's going to make it through the course or not, or if they're good or bad. And I really enjoyed that as well. I like how the personal stories that take place throughout the season don't feel forced. They fit into the show pretty well. And like I said earlier, they affect the show as well. So things that happen in the first season affect the second season, and it doesn't feel like a stretch in any way. You know how sometimes shows have this huge reveal in a later season and link it back to something that happened in an earlier season, and it just doesn't make any sense, like everything that happened in Pretty Little Liars? That's not what happens in this show. The connections between events make sense. You might not agree, but in my opinion, they all made sense. I thought the acting in this show was amazing. I don't remember there being any of the actors that I was like, oh no, this is bad. There are some of the actors that do such a good job at being the quote-unquote bad guy that you start to not like them for real. Like, you start to hate the actor a little bit, like Nanny Carey from One Tree Hill. No matter what show Tori DeVito is in, my reaction is always negative. Like, I don't even remember if you're supposed to like her in Pretty Little Liars because I couldn't get over the fact that she kidnapped Janie. (laughs) Which, like, I think that's a compliment. Though it doesn't really sound like it, but she did such an amazing job as Nanny Carey. I hate her in real life. But there are some actors in this show where it's not that intense. Like, I don't hate them. Like, I hate her, but I don't hate them. But they made me not like them for real because they did such a good job. So this next one is both a like and a dislike. Because even though I really liked the second season, I would have liked to see them go through the training course again. I think seeing Yona go through another course dealing with new trainees would have been fun. The second season is great, but it does feel like a completely different show. And I just wish there was more to the training part. Like, it's almost like the two seasons are movies rather than a show. The description makes it seem like the show is about the training course only. So I was a little bit surprised when the second season was not about the training course. It wasn't a bad surprise, which is why this is a like and a dislike. I just wish we got a little bit more of the training course to see if maybe he came up with different ideas and different ways to do the training course because he got yelled at for some of the things that he did in season one. Which leads me to the other thing that I didn't really like, which was that some of the things that Yona did, I think, you know, there are times where he crosses the line ethically. I get what he's trying to teach them, but there has to be a better way to go about it. But he also does some things that have nothing to do with the training course that I didn't agree with. It doesn't mean I didn't like the character. I just don't like everything that he does. Again, if you watch the show, you'll understand why he's kind of like an anti-hero in a way. But there wasn't anything else really that I didn't like. Or at least I can't think of anything else that I wasn't a fan of. I mean, like I said, there are characters that I didn't like. But you're not supposed to like them. So I don't count those as a dislike for the show. As far as anything that stood out to me, nothing really did, honestly. There was no glaring cultural differences, nor did I notice or hear any references that I usually pick up pretty well. If I missed any obvious ones or you recognized any of the actors, let me know. But next up, we have my favorite part. And for this episode, I only have one word and one phrase for you guys. This was another language that was hard for me to pick up. And I'm sure most of you know that Hebrew has its own alphabet. And for those that didn't know, Now you do. So I'm not going to try to spell them, but I will put them on Instagram so you can see what they look like in writing if you're interested. Also, it's a language that's written and read from right to left. So when you look at them on Instagram, just keep that in mind. 
I'll try to make it obvious for you, but just in case I forget, because that's a real possibility. Just keep that in mind. But the first one is the word voila, and that was translated in the show as meaning really. When I put it into Google Translator, it just gave me voila, spelled W-A-L-L-A, which means nothing in English. I found a website, doitinhebrew.com, that said it was Arabic slang for oh really, which was how it was used in the show. Another Hebrew to English dictionary said it was the Hebrew word for well, which also kind of makes sense, but there were also Hebrew to English dictionaries that said it didn't exist at all. But they use it in the show, and that was the first word I got. So if you speak Hebrew, let me know if you've heard anyone use it or if you know a different meaning to it. But thank God for the closed caption Hebrew for the show because I was able to draw it into Google Translator. So that's how I know that it came out as voila. But there were literally scenes where it was just like, voila, 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 voila. And I was like, okay, well, got that word. That was easy. The next word is, or next phrase, I should say, is stomdope. And everywhere I looked had the same definition for this one, thank God. And it was shut up. Actually, some said it was shut the hell up or shut your face as well, but those are the same thing to me. They all mean the same thing. My mom's not going to like this one because she hates when people say shut up. But that's how you say it in Hebrew. And I was just glad that it came back with some sort of definition because finding what voila meant drove me crazy enough. So again, those are voila and stomdope, really, and shut up. And those are the only two that I was able to get If you guys are able to pick up any, I'd love to know because, like I said, I struggled a bit with this one. Shalom doesn't count because I know Shalom. So if that's the one that you pick up, I already knew Shalom. So those are now the only three Hebrew words that I know. But that's it for the words, just just the two. That's also it for this episode. Like I said earlier, I haven't seen anything about a third season for this show. The way the second season ended, I think they set it up perfectly for a third season. And I really, really want there to be one. But there were two years in between the first two seasons with the seasons running from October to January. So who knows? Maybe we'll get a third season this October because the second season ended in 2018. If I see anything, I'll make sure to let you guys all know. As always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI. There's a Facebook page that you can go and like if you want to. Just search Have You Seen It or type in facebook.com slash official H-Y-S-I as well. I want to thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys give this show a chance. If you have any suggestions for what show I should watch next, let me know. Next episode, I will be talking about the Danish comedy drama Rita. Have you seen it? Because I have. Have you seen it?